0: Welcome to the first episode in the Story Boot Camp series. And I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but what we're going to do is we are going to take the fundamentals of storytelling and we're going to break them down into easy easy to execute steps. And I'm going to do it along with you. And today for the first episode, I wanted to talk about episodic storytelling and what that means and all that fun stuff. And uh, just so you know, episodic storytelling is not something that I came up with myself. I didn't come up with the term. I learned it from a gentleman named Pat Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N, and he is uh, a really great adult educator. He understands how you can connect with people through storytelling in order to execute your on your business. And I have a post-it note. I'll show you. Or for you listening, I'll explain it to you. But you can see there that, uh, see, he tells you these different ways of telling the story using your heart, your head, your hand, and your heart again. So the first thing you do is reach out with a personal story. And remember, this is for like selling yourself, basically, selling your business, whatever it is, your service. Um, And then you use critical steps, the hand. So five critical steps. uh, Sorry, the head is five critical steps. And the hand is the CTA call to action, which must relate to what you taught in the critical steps section. And then in the story, you're going to tell them to think about how it would feel if they solved this one thing. So that's for like nonfiction stuff. But how can we apply these ideas to fictional fictional writing? And so um, basically what I want to do is have you listen to what I'm going to talk about, listen to my example, and then you are going to write your own one of these and you're going to post it on Instagram. I promise I'm not going to be mean and be like... You should have put a colon between that thing or after that introductory clause, or how dare you use a semicolon incorrectly no listen, this is not for grammar. this is to get your story out there and I'm going to point out some principles as we go that are part of the story filters framework and part of the write this Way framework. but this is to get you to the place where you can think creatively about writing. okay, that's what the storytelling the story boot camp is about so you're going to listen, and then you're going to write the thing, and then you're going to post it on Instagram with the hashtag Story Bootcamp. Which I checked, there are very few posts with that, so I'll know that if you posted something with the hashtag Story Bootcamp after today, that you're part of my challenge for at least you know th- as we go through this course. So when we're thinking about episodic storytelling, we're thinking about very specific things. So for this challenge, this part of the challenge, what I want you to do is write a uh, 200 to 300 word part of a scene. This is not a whole scene. This is just a part of the scene. And you're going to write the action and the reaction. And um, I want you to think about these specific things. So you need to think about emotions how the character's feeling. I want to see all five senses inside of this short 200 to 300 word section. And so um, you you may be like, Kristen, there's no way I can do it. Yes, you can. You just have to be a little bit more purposeful with your words. The section that I'm going to read you from what I wrote like an hour ago includes all five senses. And you're also going to think about what things are happening, remember the action, and what are the responses from the characters, that's the reaction. And you're going to think about specific details. And if you are listening, I'm going to read this twice, okay? The first time, I want you to listen for the emotions. And the second time, I want you to listen for the details. And after each chunk, after each time I read it, I'm going to uh, give you a little bit of commentary to point out some things that maybe you noticed or maybe you didn't notice. Okay, so let me preface this by saying... I, this is not about my family. I just thought it would be fun to write about Thanksgiving, and I know Thanksgiving is rough for a lot of people. Uh, We just had to, like, abandon all of our Thanksgiving plans because Pennsylvania is under Thanksgiving lockdown. We're not allowed to travel for Thanksgiving to see family unless they're sick, and there's all these other rules, and I don't, I can't begin to comprehend how they're going to try to enforce this. But, you know, we're being careful, so... We're doing our best. And so just so you know, this is not about my family. I don't even have a sister. This is definitely not about my mom. I would never talk about my mom like this on this show. Uh, I love my mom, and I don't want any angry messages from her later. So, Mom, if you're watching this, I love you. The story is not about you. It was just something that I thought about because I was thinking about what this holiday is like for a lot of people and a lot of the people who I know uh, who struggle with this holiday. My ear's itching. Okay. So, oh, sorry about that. Those are all the wires. So you can see I have my glowy iPad here. Or you could hear me hit my glowy iPad on the wires. All right. So the title of this blurb is Thanksgiving. It was the way the photo made me feel that threatened to undo everything. Remember, you're listening for emotions, okay? The candles were lit on the table. Plates were placed neatly in a row on each edge with precisely arranged silverware. Spoons, knives, and forks. I squeezed the fabric napkin in my hand until I could no longer feel my fingertips. I don't understand why you would show me that, I said. You don't want to know how your sister's doing? My mother, Judy, slid the phone down and into her pocket, you know, I want to know, but she doesn't want me to know. I felt bile creeping up my esophagus. The corners of my vision turned dark. Why would she do this at dinner? The smell of turkey suddenly caused my stomach to churn. I wish you two would make up, Judy said. It's not me who wants to be a part, it's Helen. A shrill alarm pierced the insides of my ears. It wasn't something anyone else could hear. Just like the dimness that exploded across my vision wasn't anything that anyone else could see. Where was Bruce? When would he be done in the bathroom? I needed him to distract Judy so I could recover. But the bloom of tension spread outward from my heart across my chest and through my back. Another panic attack. Another one caused by Judy and Helen. Why had I invited my mother and where was Bruce? Okay, so for that read-through, we were supposed to be paying attention to feelings. So how does the protagonist feel? We don't know the protagonist's name. Uh, We're assuming that the protagonist could actually be a man or a woman who is with Bruce. So we know the name of the spouse or significant other. We know the name of the mother, who's Judy. And uh, we know that the protagonist feels uncomfortable and has a panic attack. So what are some of the things that you experience? You experience the way the table is set. You experience the way that the character feels, right? It was the way... The photo made me feel that threatened to undo everything. So we know there's a photo involved. We know the photo's on the phone because we see Judy slide the phone back into her pocket. And we know that the protagonist feels uh, there's bile. We know that they feel nauseated. We know that they feel a pain in their chest, which is a panic attack. We know that they're hearing uh, a sound of, like, a shrill sound inside, which is... Uh, can happen if you're under a lot of stress. We know that they're having darkened corners of their vision. So we're we're smelling things, we're feeling things, right? Uh, the protagonist squeezes the napkin until they can't feel their fingertips. So these are all details and feelings that play into the emotion that this scene causes. And this is just a snippet of a moment in time. But we know from this snippet that the protagonist, the main character of this little chunk, is very uncomfortable with their mother and that their sister has distanced themselves from the main character and that that makes the main character feel extremely upset and stressed and maybe even is having some signs of uh, PTSD because maybe something really uh, traumatic happened. So all right, so that those were the the senses. Uh, and now I want you to so those were like, the physical details, right? We we see the napkin squeezed in the hand, we feel the bile, we feel the blooming of the panic attack. Um And we also feel like the urgency of like, when is Bruce coming to save this character? But now what I want you to do is listen for emotion. And emotion is shown in these details. This is showing, not telling, right? The character doesn't say, I felt upset. That would be showing. The character is doing different things that indicate to us, the readers, what is happening. Okay, so we're going to go through it again, and I want you to listen for emotions and subliminal details, and there are a few snuck in here because it's fun to do as a writer, it's fun to read as a reader, and it's really fun for me to teach you this way by sneaking things in and then having them be exposed. You're like, wait, what? That's what that means? Okay, so let's do this again. Thanksgiving. It was the way the photo made me feel that threatened to undo everything. The candles were lit on the table. Plates were placed neatly in a row on each edge with precisely arranged silverware, spoons, knives, and forks. I squeezed the fabric napkin in my hand until I could no longer feel my fingertips. I don't understand why you would show me that, I said. You don't want to know how your sister is doing? My mother, Judy, slid the phone down and into her pocket. "'You know I want to know, but she doesn't want me to know.' "'I felt bile creeping up my esophagus. "'The corners of my vision turned dark. "'Why would she do this at dinner? "'The smell of turkey suddenly caused my stomach to churn. "'I wish you two would make up,' Judy said. "'It's not me who wants to be a part. "'It's Helen.' A shrill alarm pierced the insides of my ears. It wasn't something anyone else could hear. Just like the dimness that exploded across my vision wasn't anything that anyone else could see. Where was Bruce? When would he be done in the bathroom? I needed him to distract Judy so I could recover. But the bloom of tension spread outward from my heart across my chest and through my back. Another panic attack. Another one caused by Judy and Helen. Why had I invited my mother? And where was Bruce? And as I'm reading, I can't help but think like uh, it maybe I felt bile creeping is passive. So I would probably prefer I felt bile creep up my esophagus. Um, But that's just, (laughs) that's just like a little tiny. I've edited this like three times already. And that's how it goes. That's why I always give myself a day before I go back and do like a final round of edits because I need a fresh brain with fresh eyes to be able to see things that I'm working on. But this is just an exercise. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? Um, So listen, you're looking for emotion in this. And the details, like I said, are the things that give the emotion away. And also the protagonist straight says, it was the way the photo made me feel that threatened to undo everything. And so you know that the emotion is negative because negative emotions are the kind of emotions that undo things. And then you can see the character is fixating on the way that the table is set, trying to distract themselves from this uncomfortable feeling that they have. And that's something that's like a normal human emotion or normal human reaction is we try to uh, section off our brain into little chunks to deal with difficult things. And you can see like, you can see like as the characters listing spoons, knives, and forks, and that's a f- sentence fragment. And that's meant to be a fragment so that you understand that this is rough, like the characters just putting these things together. Uh, and then we see the squeezing. Remember, I talked about the squeezing and how that's like tactile imagery. I didn't say that, I said that's a detail with one of the senses, but that's what it is. It's tactile imagery. And so when do you squeeze things when you're upset? Uh, and the, the character says, I don't know why you would show me that. Like, I, I think, you know, this is like unspoken, right? Like, because the character saying, I don't know why you would show me that. But really, they know why their mom would do something like that. Because she's trying to uh, be helpful, quote, helpful, even though the protagonist has already like done everything they can. And Helen is the one who doesn't want to reconcile, which we see later. When the character is like, you know I want to know, but she doesn't want me to know. And that's a really horrible situation to be in. I can't imagine what that's like. Um, excuse me. My my brother and I are hopefully going to be reunited in geography soon. Uh, he might be moving out here to be close to us with his really great family that I love so much, whom I love, uh, including my sister-in-law and my niece. Brandy. And so, um, so yeah, I just this would be really rough for me, like if I was estranged from my brother, which I have had estrangement periods from him, just as we were growing and turning into like our own people, where we would disagree strongly about something. But so this is like a really uncomfortable thing where the character's like, Why are you showing me the picture, Mom? Like, you know that Helen doesn't want me to know anything about her. That's the implication, right? So you can tell there's like this. Um, tension between the two characters, right? It's, it's, I would say it's unspoken, but it seems pretty spoken. Like they're like, hey, why would you do this? This is not good. But also we see the inner thought, like why would she do this at dinner? And you can see that the character is starting to have physical responses to what's happening where they they're having you know, heartburn and and they're nauseated, like I said before, and their their vision's starting to turn dark. And a lot of people would be like, Kristen, why do you always do that? And I'm like, Well, Because when I get stressed out, I start to pass out. So I feel nauseated. My vision gets dark in the corners. I hear the ringing in my ears. So this is all based on personal experience. The the panic attack, that's how it feels to me. Uh, It feels like a a knot is bald inside of my chest. And then it just starts radiating pain throughout um, my chest. And uh, I know that... (laughs) You know, people in my family have the same type of panic attack. They also have insomnia, which I talked about in the last episode. So, like, insomnia, migraines, panic attacks, super fun, super fun stuff. But this is real, right? And so when I... I. Saw in an episode of Ted Lasso, they showed him having a panic panic attack and he's like squeezing his hand. And I'm like, oh, this is exactly what it feels like. And I know that everyone who doesn't have those kind of panic attacks thinks that Ted's having a heart attack. But I knew exactly what it was. And I was so I felt so seen like, yes, yeah, someone actually took the time to get this right instead of just like, oh, overt panic uh, heart attack symptoms, because it's not the same. There are subtle differences for sure. And, um, yeah, I was so thankful for that. And that's why I write about panic attacks, because I have them. And that's one of the things that you should do in your writing. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly the same. But if you experience something, you know firsthand what it can feel like. And so you can use that as an experience within your writing. Okay, and then we see this is the real, this was the subliminal thing. Uh, I wish you two would make up, Judy said. And so you're in the head of the character who you now know is referring to their own mother by their mother's first name. Does that seem personal or does that seem distanced? Like, I don't think about my mother as Peggy. She's mom. Her name is Peggy. But to me, she's mom. And, like, you know, I hope that my kids don't think about me as Kristen. I hope they think about me as mom. Uh, It used to be mommy, but now they're getting older. So... Um, The mommy only comes out, like, when they're sick or something like that. You know, it changes. Mommy is not a cool thing to say. I get it. Um, And so we see that, like, also that using Bruce to deflect the situation is part of the character's coping mechanisms for dealing with their mother. So there's a lot of these emotions. There's a lot of the senses. Uh, We see, you know, the action showing the photo and then the response having a panic attack. And, you know, there are all these subtle things in between there. And that's your job is to put the details in, but not too many details. Notice I'm not like, and the nails of the fingers turned white as they grasped the napkin because those details are overdoing it. Those would not fit within our perimeters for story filters. And if you still haven't gotten story filters, it's free. There's a free audiobook, there's a free ebook, PDF, and there's also a free video presentation where I walk you through the whole thing. So if you're like, Kristen, I don't know what story filters is, okay, cool. So what you're going to do is go to literarysymmetry.com forward slash story filters and you're going to either listen, watch, or read what story filters are. And then you're going to understand why I wouldn't be like the whites of the fingernails while grasping the napkin because we don't want to overload the reader with details that are not important to either the character, the plot, or the setting. Those are the filters we use. And like I said, go get story filters. You can hear me give a pretty succinct presentation on how this will change your writing if you write with these filters. So now, what do I want you to do? Well, I wrote a story for you, so now you're going to write a story for me, okay? So I want you to write a 250 to 300 uh, ish word like it's not it's, you know, it's like flash fiction, basically. But I just want you to try to do these uh, four things. Okay, I want you to try to insert all five emotions in a way that makes the reader understand. I'm sorry, all five senses in a way that makes the reader understand what the emotions are. I want you to um, include one subliminal detail, like the detail with Judy said, because we're in the perspective of the protagonist, right? So where it's something that adds a deeper meaning without saying, and they had a dysfunctional relationship. We don't need that sentence because we understand it by the way that the character's thinking of their mother, okay? And then I want you to make sure, so you have the five senses, right, to display motion, You have the... um. You have the subliminal thing that tells us something without directly telling us something, and then you're going to have the action and the reaction. So you might be saying, Kristen, this is stressing me out. There's no way I can do this in 300 words. Okay, if you need to do a little bit more, that's fine. You can. But I want you to make sure that you are are trying to keep your words as few as possible because I want you to start being able to have the whole less is more thing going on in your writing because when you can accomplish more things with fewer words, that's when you start really connecting with the reader. And I'm going to add on a bonus to this assignment. I want you to write something that is based on an experience that you have. So, for example, I wrote about my character having a panic attack. That is something that I actually experience, and it's intense, and yes, I'm sharing that with the reader, whoever the reader is. In this case, the reader is you, or the listener is you. So I want you to try to include an experience that you understand personally in this little flash fiction. I am going to check tomorrow to see if any of you have done this. Uh, And if not, that's okay. I'll come back and check later. But um, we're going to go ahead and do the next class in Story Boot Camp, which is going to be... This is going to be rough. (laughs) Are you ready? We're going to learn how to write a succinct introduction to an autobiographical piece. And I know you might be thinking, what? No, I didn't sign up for sharing this sort of detail, uh, these intimate details about myself. But there's a method to my math, my madness. I promise you have to trust me. And um, it, like it can be about whatever you want, but it needs to be a moment that matters to you. And uh, But that's for next time. This time, you're just going to do your little fiction, your flash fiction, and you're going to include the emotions through the five senses. You're going to include the little subliminal thing in there, and you're going to have an action and a reaction. That's it. That's all you need to do. And uh, if you have any questions about anything that we've talked about today, Feel free to go to ExpensiveWords.com and click on the Email the Host button. That's going to send me an email, and I will be glad to answer your question in email or on air or both, because why not? And remember, as always, it is never too late to tell the story of your heart, to write the story of your heart. Happy weekend. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer, And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.